Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Blind Boys Politics. And Nicholas Rod, Chris Baker here with you for another Friday morning show. Chris, why don't you start us off by giving us a weather update? In Los Angeles, California, it's sunny and 70 with a nice sunny weekend. Houston, Texas, it's raining 56, but a partly cloudy weekend, so it's going to Turn into a somewhat decent weekend. Chicago, Illinois, cloudy and 16. Snow moving in this weekend. New York City, rain 42, partly cloudy this weekend. So I wouldn't want to live in Chicago. No, no. Uh, there's they been enough snow here weather. lately. Yeah, there's been enough snow yep. here lately. They can keep that. Yeah, um, and we'll be talking about that beautiful snow a little bit later, but... Hmm. They can keep the snow. Yeah. If California wants to do- put their California wants to put their weather in an Amazon box and ship it to <laughs> me. I will give you my PO box. Um, <laughs> but besides that, I hmm. really don't want anyone else's weather. No, no, I pass on it. Uh, I mean, see. I'm not too terribly picky as far as temperature goes. Um, Obviously, I like the warmth of summer and all that, you know, and temperatures from like, you know, the South, Florida, California, whatever. Either way, I'd be good with that. But at the same time, I'm not someone that is that holds an absolute hatred for the cold. (laughs) I get there after I've been shoveling for you know, five or six hours, I'm like, okay, summer, come on. Well, that makes sense, yeah. <laughs> I think I'd be at that point, too. But then in the summer, when it's like 90 degrees, I have the central air just blaring throughout the Yeah, house. yeah. There's no... You know... I swear, and I've thought about this numerous times in the past, there's no like place like we can say we're happy with a certain temperature say you know say 70 for example you know 70 is the perfect temperature that's a little too cold (laughs) 75 80 is perfect but then if it hits 75 or 80 and we're outside for an extended period of time we're like this is too hot (laughs) no i mean if there's humidity yes oh humidity is the worst if there's no humidity, I could be outside all day, 70 to really 85, because I do work outside in 90% of the summer. Mm. So 70 to 85 is like that. 85 when it starts to get close to 85, when it starts to get to 85, I'm like, okay, people mm. drink your water, yeah. but it's not too bad. And then there's also days that I've worked outside eight hours when it's 100 degrees. So Gosh. I've done it all. 85 is, is I've done too much for me. The to negative to one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> You've got that 100 degree. So uh, I've experienced experience. It yeah. It's wonderful, Nick. I hope you get to pleasure it someday. I, I'll pass. <laughs> I'll stay inside. Thank you, know, you. I was thinking. I was thinking. People have really been spoiled with central air. Mm hmm. I know you don't have central air. You yeah. just have the yeah. air conditioner in the window. But And I used to have that. But then we moved into our current house and it has central air. When I tell you I will never be able to live in a house without central air, 
I mean it. Mm. Yeah, I've never experienced central air for an extended period of time, really. No, it's it's great. Like people experience it in like office buildings and stuff like that, but it's a totally different experience at home. Yeah. And anyone that has that, they can totally agree with me on that. No, I mean it sounds great, but you know, not knowing at all what it's like to uh, live with it, you know, at home or anything like that. I, I definitely have no clue what it's like, no experience. So, I don't, I don't know what I'm missing the only out. Downside on. is the only downside is if you don't have a furnace that's compatible with it, <laughs> you need to get the whole furnace replaced. And the that, central air unit put in. Yeah. And it's a little pricey. That'll make but your if you do have cry. a furnace compatible with it, I mean, but if you do have a furnace that's compatible with it, because I actually have looked into this, because I was genuinely <laughs> curious of, like, how much that would cost. Right. Because I was thinking, you know, like, that's going to be a whole new great docking, and, like, that sounds really expensive. Mm. It's really not. Um, You can do it for, like, Two to three thousand dollars. It's not quite as Which, bad as I thought it'd be. Compared to if you had to put in an all new furnace and everything, you're looking at close to fifteen thousand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Furnaces, depending on of course the size of the house. Yeah. But with that little, but uh, I'm glad you came to. Excuse me. <laughs> How dare you? With that being said, I'm glad you came to my TED talk on. Central air and furnaces. <laughs> I am a certified construction worker, not so I definitely knew what I was talking about. Not do not take any construction advice from me because your might house your house might go kaboom. So <laughs> the lawyers told me to put that in. I don't know why, but they told me to. Moving um, into something that I do know what I'm talking about. That might be a good idea. <laughs> So budget re <laughs> so budget reconciliation. Yeah, probably heard it a lot this week. Um, you know, that's been kind of the big talk of the town through this stimulus plan. But before we can talk about the specific stimulus plan, we need to start talk- we need to explain budget reconciliation. And you probably started hearing that around the Monday time, but Things will make a lot more sense to you if we explain to you what it is first. Alrighty, yeah. So, essentially, it's a long process. You know, it could take all of February uh, for this specific instance of it. Um, This allows the majority party to quickly pass legislation. This maneuver can be used on federal spending revenue as well as debt relief. Uh, For this to work, all you need is the simple majority vote uh, instead of the 60 votes. Yes, President Biden does want bipartisan support for this stimulus package. With that being said, the Republicans have been very vocal and unified, saying that the bill is expensive and the stimulus checks are not targeted enough. The president does say that the country needs a stimulus now and do not have the time to wait. Democrats have the votes and will push this through if needed, which we're going to talk about that a little bit more. Um, so they do have the votes to push this through, even if they don't have 
a Republican's votes. They can push this through by themselves. So reconciliation has been used, you know, in the past. Um, it started back in the 1980s. Uh, it's been used by both parties. Uh, the most recent example of this would be in 2017 for President Trump's tax cuts. But yeah, that's mm. it's history, at least a little bit. Looking at the stimulus negotiation, that's what everyone wants to know. You know, I don't want to really know the fine details of it. Everyone kind of wants to know the stimulus. So for that aspect, President Biden met with 10 senators Tuesday to talk about uh, significantly lowering the stimulus proposal. Obviously, there was no deal made. No one expected there to be a deal made. After the nearly two-hour-long meeting at the White House, Susan Collins did have these remarks, and we will play that here. And it was a very good exchange of views. I wouldn't say that we came together on a package tonight. No one expected that in a two-hour meeting. Over the weekend, 10 Republicans introduced a $618 billion stimulus proposal as a uh, counteroffer to President Biden's stimulus proposal. Um, The GOP plan is not really all that different compared to the president's plan. The only difference is the amount of money going into each area. An example of this is um, in President Biden's plan, he wants a stimulus for $1,400 for American people. So the GOP plan was $1,000 only to a smaller group of Americans. So we want to be clear about two things here. Uh, first, President Biden does want to go big on the stimulus package. He wants to put as much money into it as possible. Um, And also, just because these 10 Republicans are against the plan, the 10 that we just talked about with the uh, counteroffer, that doesn't mean that the rest of the Republicans in the Senate feel the same. So let's look at how these votes are going to shake out. There are two different routes President Biden can take, A, the bipartisan route, or B, the budget reconciliation route. So let's do some political math, why don't we, just for fun. If he wants bipartisan support in the Senate for this package, he needs 60 votes, meaning all 50 Democrats and all independents, along with 10 Republicans to all vote yes. If he wants to go the budget reconciliation route, He needs all 50 Democrats and independents and the vice president to vote yes. All right, let's do some theorizing, shall we? So if he went with the GOP plan, uh, he'd probably get the support of the 10 Republicans who proposed it. Uh, Most likely would have lost support from the Democrats, and this would have meant that the bill failed. So if he goes the route of the $1.9 trillion stimulus, um, he loses all the Republicans and the bill would fail again. So since the budget reconsideration is the path that is being pursued, 
there can still be negotiations going on, but this is the path that's going to be taking in the meantime. So what's next? Because the Democrats are moving forward in this way, there are several additional steps that need to be taken to pass the stimulus that aren't normally included on a stand-alone bipartisan bill. So there is six steps to make this possible. Step one is on Tuesday, the Senate voted 50 to 49 to proceed to debate on the budget process and reconsideration directives. What the reconsideration directives is, is this is where the $1.9 trillion stimulus items would be interjected. Then we move on to step two. Um, the Senate will have 50 hours to debate on this, uh, this budget resolution. Step three, amendments can be made by both Democrats and Republicans and start Thursday. Then we move on to step four. Several House committees will take those amendments and will write them into legislation to make it happen. Multiple committees will be coming up with all these separate bills. The House and Senate Budget Committee uh, will compile all of these different bills into one so that there's just one for each chamber. Uh, this process could take weeks. Step five, another debate, and the full House and Senate will vote on the big bills that now include the reconciliation directives and President Biden's stimulus plan. And then we get to step six. Uh, amendments may be offered. And uh, this process could take the rest of the month, if not longer. So you're going to start hearing um, vote-a-rama. You might not know what vote-a-rama is, so we're going to tell you what that is because that started yesterday as well. So... Remember when we told you about the amendments could be made during the budget reconsideration process? Well, in the Senate, there's this process to be introduced to introduce these amendments, and it is very specific and known as the vote aorama. These amendments are going to be front and center in the process of passing President Biden's stimulus package with only democrat support so the vote arama is a marathon style uh, voting session on several amendments uh, any senator can introduce them and they can introduce an unlimited number of them these amendments are brought to the floor and debated on voted on and um, a lot of times it's in a very short amount of time sometimes as short as 10 minutes uh, these can also go on for hours, so it really all depends. There are actually only times a senator can vote in a vote-arama. Senate Republicans have already met for their strategy of the upcoming vote-arama, and Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell says they have already put multiple controversy topics up on the vote-a-rama. 